Hello friends and welcome. My name is Greg Thompson. I'm the host of Out Loud and today we're bringing Kelsey Davis on to talk about self-care and gathering in the midst of what's been a pretty uncertain time for a lot of us. I'm like out of breath that it's been like an uncertain time. <laughs> um, Kelsey joined us in season one uh, where teamwork, uh, where we talked about teamwork and new ways of gathering and uh, since then, she has moved away from Tennessee and continues to work in the Episcopal Diocese of El Camino Real in California now. Um, and more recently, she's been really involved with the Theosophia podcast, which is all about um, highlighting women's voices in theology. So without further ado, let's bring in Kelsey. Hi. Hi, Greg. <laughs> Thanks for um, being on the show tonight. Uh, it's good to see you. <laughs> good to see you too. Um, we're still waiting for folks to kind of like find um, the live stream. So, um, but where? So before we really like dive into like the big topics of self care and um, and gathering that we really wanted to tackle tonight, um, what have you been up to since we last spoke on the show? Um, where are you now? Um, what's your work these like these days? Yeah. Um, gosh. Um, well, I since we last spoke, we sat down in Nashville. Um, Heather and I have moved out to Seaside, California, which is on the central coast. Um, it's right next to Monterey, um, so I can see the beach from my back from my back window here, which is pretty sweet. Um, awesome. Yeah, I've been two years into curating um, emerging communities and, um, you know, trying to help co-create and build spaces with folks who are looking for spiritual um, community outside Sunday mornings. And it's been awesome. Yeah. We have uh, an agape meal community that's sort of a dinner church uh, model um, that's been up and going for about a year and some change. And then. Um, a new, brand new sort of baby seed um, called uh, Cultivating Bean that is uh, more of like mm -hmm. a pub theology model that um, is being hosted by uh, a guy named Luke Grote here in Salinas, California. He's a PhD student and uh, in philosophy and religion. Um, so we're working through what well, we were working through before Corona and the pandemic, uh, Peter Rollins' book, Insurrection. So a lot of sort of postmodern death mm. of God theology stuff and deconstructionist Ooh, yeah. stuff. Um, so it's, it's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I saw Pete Rollins open for um, Rob Bell in Chattanooga. No, was it in Chattanooga? No, in, here in Nashville um, oh. a couple years ago. And he's awesome. Yeah, he's cool. <laughs> I see a, yeah. a couple of friends have joined us, my friend uh, Brittany Jewett and my friend Sarah Riley. Hey, thanks for joining <laughs> us, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the other question I kind of wanted to start with was, um, what is your work looking like? How has it shifted in the last few weeks um, since mm. the, this pandemic has unfolded um, around the U.S.? Yeah. Um... I would say that my job has shifted from getting in a car and going and meeting with folks in person um, to uh, keeping watch on all on all of the creative and virtual ways that um, at least the Episcopal Church, because I'm part of the Episcopal Church, is leaning into being church now um, and what virtual worship, virtual coffee hour, 
um, Bible studies, prayer, evenings, you know, morning prayer, all that stuff looks like. So I actually feel more of like a curator now than I have in the last Mm. probably year and a half. Um, Because all of these creative things are starting to pop up. And so I'm just sort of watching and available as a resource um, to help support folks as they're trying to imagine and put together what it means to be community right now, whether that's inside church or just, you know, as a human being in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like churches need a lot of support right now in that department, like a ton of support. Yeah. Um, Because it's just new. It's new territory. And it's like, it's very, um, (laughs) churches are all, all, we're already kind of behind the power curve on, on technology. And this is like a huge um, thing to kind of, a huge hurdle for, for churches right now. But Mm -hmm. I'm seeing some really cool stuff. Yeah. What, um, what are some things that uh, you've been helping churches with specifically? Mm. Well, um, just uh, some creative ideas for different uh, liturgies, particularly around Holy Week and Easter. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm in conversation uh, with one uh, priest right now who is thinking of doing, instead of the Monday, Thursday, the foot washing service that's you know, super powerful and vulnerable and tender. Um, Obviously we can't be in person to wash each other's feet. And so we've been trying to think through what a visio divina would look like. So what would it look like to take uh, real live pictures of the story that is read on Monday, Thursday and offer a visual representation of that scripture Uh, with reflection, and then also uh, some sort of action item for folks at home, whether you're alone or you're with your family, of of washing each other's feet and doing that prayerfully. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's one example. Um, But yeah, really being a creative thought partner. um, Also, just in terms of community outreach, also thinking through what does it mean to live the gospel right now and and care for each other and be good neighbors. So, um, you know, that, that takes a lot of creativity at the moment as well. Um, and then I, I would say the third thing is just thinking theologically through all of this, you know, doing some mm-hmm. meaning making of, um, where are we, who are we, and, and where is God in all of this? Um, those are the three kind of big ones, liturgically, sort of social concerns, and then, uh, the, the theology behind it. Um, but right now it's still pretty fresh, Greg. I mean, I think a lot of, it's been a lot of triage for, for a lot of folks. And, um, so I I imagine in the coming weeks and months, um, more and more sort of creative fruit will continue to come forward. Yeah. 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 I feel like what I'm hearing is from you is what I'm hearing from a lot of other people at the church where I work. And it's, this, I think the instant reaction to this, and it's a, I think it's a the natural human reaction to this is like, what ritual can I maintain? What rhythm can I keep in my day? What um, routine can I cling to right now to make this feel normal? Like whenever there's like a major change in my life, I'm always thinking, I always go straight toward what's my constant? What can I hold to? And for a lot of people that is church but it's just in like, it's in new forms. And so I think it's, it sounds like what, from what you're saying, it's, it's about right now, like holding those rituals for people. Um, 
in the same way that they would have had them, you know, on Holy Thursday, where they expect this particular liturgy. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Um, and, you know, a huge part of, of that right now, I feel like, is uh, the grief associated with the loss of those rituals, um, mm-hmm. you know, as we've known them previously. Um, so being able to say, you know what, it's going to be hard that we can't be in person to celebrate Easter together. Um, that sucks. <laughs> that's, that's hard for a lot yeah. of folks. And I just speak from a Christian perspective, um, you know, and so we grieve that. And it's also a matter of, okay, well, the first Easter was a really quiet and small event, right? So what would mm. it look like for us to really lean into, um, you know, joining with the first Easter and finding a way to celebrate resurrection and new life in the midst of, of what feels like a pretty chaotic world right now, right? It is a chaotic world. Yeah. Um, so with the grief, also there's creative possibility, right? So we can hold the loss and the hope together. Um, and it can yeah. still be a beautiful Easter. It's just not going to look and feel the exact same. So. <sighs> That's good. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about like the tomb, like going to the tomb and rolling back the stone and finding that Jesus isn't there, that the body's not there. Um, that that was um, a, a semi-solo adventure. Um, also, was, was it two of them? I can't remember. I should know my gospel better than this, but like it's it was a pretty, you know, I mean, all we can do right now is, is be out and basically in twos anyways. So like it, it it's yeah we're going to be situated differently going into easter we won't be in a big sanctuary with a ton of people like we're used to it will be yeah it will be a lot more like that initial moment i love that and i see that applying to good friday especially too Mm -hmm. um yeah 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 that's really good (laughs) (laughs) so um so what other, um, what kind of, what other kind of gatherings are you, um, have you been doing over the last couple of weeks virtually? Um, and how are you trying to hold this sense of, of, um, of ritual um, with them? Sure. So um, I'll start with something that's a little bit lighter, that's fun, because I also see yeah. my friend Ashley is is on joining us and ashley is the best friend of my wife heather so she'll appreciate this story um so (laughs) one sort of lighter fun ritual in terms of our household gathering um that's shifted in the last couple of weeks is you know we don't have the get home from work someone goes for a run and you know that we don't have all of that happening right now so what my wife heather has initiated um because she's playful and beautiful and awesome is uh, at around uh, 6.45, she, I'll hear her say, uh, the Embassy Suites happy hour has begun. And she has set <laughs> in, our, in our kitchen, uh, like a little like soda and like nuts and like has lit a candle and set the chairs up and we pretend like we're in this like hotel lobby space having happy hour at the embassy suites 
Greg, we've never done that before. Like, that's not like a thing that we did that she's brought into the house. She just like came up with this idea. That's adorable. So, you know, so it's, it's this really sweet thing that we've been doing each night and it kind of helps to just break the day. Like yeah. just to say, okay, we're done working. Um, we're moving into now sort of just household family time. Um, Ash, you can, you and Jeremy can totally join. Um, so, you know, that's, <laughs> so when, you, when we think about gathering, um, you know, it's not just folks from beyond our walls. It's also thinking about how are we gathering within our walls? If, if we are, around another human or an animal um, in ways that might help to break up, you know, some of what we're experiencing in a way that's playful and fun. Um, but virtually, uh, I have been helping to hold space um, nightly, um, a nightly prayer sort of vigil space that's contemplative and, and gentle and hopefully loving for folks. And we have been praying together um, a song each night mm. and um, just holding sort of a quiet Lectio Divina space with the song. Uh, we, we voice our concerns and gratitudes together. And then, you know, I offer some sort of benediction um, during our time. It's usually about 20 or 30 minutes, depending on how many folks there are. So that space has been available. And, and frankly, Greg, you know, um, something I'm learning in all of this is, is really, you know, continuing to ask myself the question of, of what, what gifts can I share during this time um, that are also life-giving for me too, right? Like, yeah, I yeah. need, I need that nightly rhythm. Like I need that time of prayer. And, and I frankly need the Psalms. Like you were talking about ritual. The Psalms are some of the most complex pieces of scripture that we have um, that range from joy to lament, right? So being able to ground myself, knowing that at six o'clock West Coast time, that's what I'm doing. And the invitation is broadcast and whoever needs that space can drop in. And I'm just going to hold it. Um, feels like uh, I'm living into to, to my calling and I am sharing a gift that I've been given. And it's also nourishing for me. Um, so trying not to over function, right? Like trying not to do too much, um, but, but to offer something, you know, and, and there's a, there's an end date. We're going to stop on, on Wednesday of Holy week, which is April 8th. And, uh, yeah. you know, so, so it's for a time. And then after mm -hmm. April 8th, we'll reevaluate, you know, um, where we are as a society and I'll reevaluate my own sort of heart and soul and check in with myself and see, you know, what I might be able to offer next or take a breath, you know, take a break. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Two things I want to respond to. One, I love taking on things like experimentally and like projects because then it doesn't feel like it's, you know, this big endeavor that I have to commit to forever. And I always have to remind myself that like, this can just be a project and like, and if it fails, it fails and that's okay. Um, and that's what I'm seeing a lot of online right now, as far as like virtual gatherings is people mm -hmm. just experimenting and throwing stuff out there. And like, it's not perfect and people are in their pajamas and like the camera angles terrible or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> and it still works. Um, and then, but then the other half, the, the second thing I heard you say um, is something I'm, I've been really trying to figure out lately is, 
I think for people in ministry or people who want to gather other people who want to offer their gifts right now, it is this really profound question of what do you offer that is still life-giving for you? Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think what's really difficult right now for ministers uh, or anyone in these helping professions is, um, is giving, it's the classic burnout example of just giving when your cup is empty. Mm-hmm. And it's like all Michael and I have been talking about um, over the last um, week or two. It's just like, what can I give right now? And can I give anything right now? And I just, I love your question. And um, yeah, that's something I'm trying to like live into right now as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's tough, right? And, you know, one, just one thought to wonder on is how might, how might I and how might we be able to see uh, giving and receiving sort of mutually, mutually inclusive of one another. So instead of like reframing the question, right? So instead of me saying, what can I give? um, First checking in with what do I need to receive? And that was really the starting place for me with this prayer vigil was what I need to receive right now and what I need to be nourished is quiet, contemplative, Mm. um, you know, space, really. And what I need to receive to be nourished is uh, a a rhythm that's predictable. So I'm going to start with Psalm 1. We're just going to go one at a time. And I created a small little liturgy Mm. and... Folks who've been on the prayer vigil know that I almost say the same exact thing every single night, right? So those were things that I needed for my own soul and my own sanity and mental health and spiritual health. Um, But so from that place, then I was like, okay, now I can start to be creative with what I can share and what I can give. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think so many of us in helping professions, especially ministers, um, work the other way. Um, and I think that there's space from, for both, but I feel like particularly right now, um, that, that it's really important for us to check in with ourselves first. Yeah. 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 What I'm, what's resonating with me is this, like, um, this tendency again, like when it's like a new project or something is like to start everything from scratch. And what I just wrote down was like, just don't reinvent the whole playbook, like stick to your, stick to your place, stick to your Psalms. Like, and I think about um, Catholic liturgy, which is my background and how much it's the same from week to week. I mean, it's exactly the same. The responses are the same. You can walk in and you just, if you're used to it, you're, you're just, it's robotic. And and that can sound negative, but for a lot of people, it's actually very comforting that mm-hmm. that that steady rhythm. Mm-hmm. And then priests have the opportunity to play with the sermon to to try something new there. And that and that's always my favorite part. It's like, ooh, what's going to happen here? Um, but it's held within uh, a casing that's familiar. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to think about what I'm. Like you're making me think about a ritual that I'm trying to um, understand right now. So we, Michael and I go to um, go to yoga every Tuesday afternoon at 5.30. We go to like a community yoga class um, in the neighborhood. And 
um, we've, we haven't been able to go the last couple of weeks. And I think we have both just like fallen in love with this class and this like this time that we've set aside for ourselves. And it's a, um, and so we were going to do yoga from home and I was just going to kind of like lead us. It's just me, me and Michael. And then our landlady asked us if we wanted to do yoga downstairs out of the blue on the day that we always do yoga. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, like, there's more room down there, we can all spread out, like, this would be so fun, and, um, and we did it, and I put some music on, and I kind of, like, just took the role of yoga instructor, which is not my background at all, and <laughs> Michael just joined the call, hi, Michael, he's in the next room, <laughs> so, um, so we went downstairs, and, um, and I, and I took on this role of yoga instructor, and it was really fun, but it was also like a little stressful because I didn't know the playbook. Like I didn't know exact. I knew I knew how to do. I know how to do yoga on my own, but not with a bunch of people and leading mm -hmm. them and like mm -hmm. learning and listening to them and seeing what their bodies are open to doing and not mm -hmm. open to doing and all that. And um, and so I actually came away from that almost a little stressed. Like, well, what are we going to do next week? How is this going to work? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's making me wonder kind of how to put some ritual around it how you know mm -hmm. how to put some poses in that are at the beginning and the end that we can expect and then how to mix up the middle mm -hmm. at the same time <laughs> my friend lauren's on here and she's saying <laughs> you sound like a pro that thank you lauren <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, part of me I, wonders I, if i should just go into teaching yoga but sure, <laughs> that's for sure. another call <laughs> sure. yeah i i mean i hear i hear two things sort of in 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 that example, Greg, which is so beautiful. Um, one is is sort of, you know, how do we keep things simple, right? Keep things mm -hmm. simple. Like we don't need to reinvent everything. Um, that simple is beautiful and it's often uh, profound. And, you know, in sports, I have an ath athletic background. When stuff's going haywire, I was a soccer player, like, and I coached. So when stuff's like shit's really hitting the fan, um, and, and like the team is just like, right. Um, the coaching point is, is just connect the next pass, right? Like just mm -hmm. do the next simple mm -hmm. thing. Um, so then over time you connect enough simple dots, then all of a sudden you start to find your rhythm again. So I think there's wisdom in that, especially right now is just sort of, you know, connect the next pass, do the next thing that's right in front of you, um, mm -hmm. and stay present to that. And the other thing I heard, too, was this incredible opportunity right now for us all to creatively explore uh, new roles that maybe mm. we didn't have before or society <laughs> yeah. or we didn't have to have. Right. Yeah. So like Heather, my wife uh, works at an Episcopal school and their chaplain just left. And so she's now sort of responsible for chapel virtually. Mm. And uh, so she t today put together this beautiful chapel on patience and waiting and like gave it to me, like presented it to me. And I was like, holy hell. I mean, it is beautiful. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and she was nervous and she felt awkward and all of those feelings that you just described. And mm -hmm. so I think that there's some sort of uh, dance or art happening right now with with mm -hmm. keeping things simple you know, doing the next thing that we know to do and can do, and then also being playful and sort of creatively expanding uh, our skill set and, and 
maybe deepening our appreciation for yoga teachers, you know, as you try to try on <laughs> and being a yoga teacher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think this time is really interesting. My my mind, after the flurry of the last few weeks started to settle a little bit, and we kind of, we both have been working from home for like the last week and a half now. I think my mind has started to have more clarity about those things. Like, what do I need? Oh, I need, I need some yoga right now. Or what do I need? I need, um, I need uh, 10 minutes of silent meditation. Or what do I need? I need to sit and pray for all the people that I'm worried about right now that I can't do anything about. Um, like, it's... I don't know, I just have had this, um, I've had this clarity in the last couple of weeks that always comes with like profound creative moments for me. And, or maybe it's just that creativity comes out of clarity, comes out of dramatic life events. I don't know, but um, that's probably also a theme I can track back for myself. But mm. I think it's, um, I think our bodies are responding to this time in a really fascinating um, way. Um, you brought up um you brought up self-care a couple like uh, a couple questions back and that's a question I really wanted to ask you was kind of outside of um hosting a lot of gatherings for other people um which are hopefully like we've been talking like mutually beneficial mm -hmm. um what are you doing right now kind of just on your own um to take care of yourself yeah it's it's a great question um and, you know, I, I, I'll, I, I'll answer that with also just deep, deep care and compassion and mindfulness that all of this is so complex, Greg. I mean, mm -hmm. it's the realities of what is happening in our world is so complex. And all of us are located in different places and experiencing different things. And so um, whatever I'm about to say is held with, with that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I have friends on the front lines um, and I'm not on the front lines. Um, so um, what am I doing to take care of myself? Um, I'm trying to wake up every morning and put my feet on the floor um, and remember that I am a mind, a body, a soul, and also something beyond. Um, and so I try, I'm really trying to check in with myself um, throughout the day, every day, like you just sort of said of sort of what, what is nourishing right now? Um, what is nourishing mm -hmm. today and trying to listen to my intuition and listen to my body. Um, Cause my mind wants to race places really, really quickly and create narratives really quickly. Cause that's what our ego is supposed to do. That's what our mind is supposed mm -hmm. to do. Right. Um, but I'm also a body and I'm also a soul. And so um, I've found new rituals and rhythms um, that have been really helpful for me. Um, Heather and I still have our, our cup of coffee in the morning together. Mm -hmm. um, I spend time in centering prayer and just quiet. And that works wonders for all three of those things. Um, I'm finding time to exercise in some capacity to move my body multiple times a day. Um, yeah. So I'll check the news. I'll check the news to stay informed and um, to stay careful and briefed. And then I'll go walk for, you know, 20 or 30 minutes. Um, I have, I'll, I have boundaries around how much time I spend on social media and, and sort of um, ingesting um, what's happening so that I have time to digest what's happening. Mm. 
Um, and then I can have more of a sense of agency over how I respond to what's happening. Um, so creating some of that rhythm. Another way I'm, I'm caring for myself is uh, through reading. Um, I'm reading mm. and selecting sources yes. of, of stuff that is going to ground me. So wisdom sources, but also um, historical sources that are like right now I'm reading a memoir um, and I'm reading another, actually I'm reading two memoirs, I guess. Um, one is from civil rights movement and another one is from um, it's Barracoon um, by um, uh, it's the, about the slave trade, um, African American mm. slave trade. And, and so, you know, reading sources also of, of other stories that um, people have, have experienced suffering, have struggled in, have, having faced incredible violence to also help ground me in my perspective in all of this too. And to continue to learn about narratives outside of what's happening as well as the ones that are inside. Um, and I'll be completely frank with anyone that's on right now is that I'm also in caring for myself, being radically honest. So like, my emotions are friends. They are not going to dictate to me, but when anxiety shows up or fear shows up, I'm like, all right, what do you need to be tended to and cared for? What message mm -hmm. do I, you have for me? Let's sit with it. I'll be present to you, but then I'm going to need you to move on. Um, and, and in that too, that's helping my coping. Um, I have an addictive personality. I'm a three on the Enneagram. So I'm, <laughs> I'm set up to over function and try to solve everything. Mm. <laughs> um, so just being really radically honest with that and be like, okay, Kels, like slow down. Like you don't need to curate another list of resources. Like that's not gonna help anybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, so keeping some sense of humor in the self-awareness. Um, and, you know, I've experienced depression and deep loneliness throughout my life. I'm on medication. Um, so I need to be careful also that my loneliness, you know, my anxiety is not leading to more depression. I'm practicing trying to convert that loneliness into solitude. Mm -hmm. And and what that mm -hmm. means is to recognize I'm not alone. Like, because of my faith, God is with me. Um, there is a spiritual realm that is present here also. And then I'm beloved. And to just continue to repeat those things over and over is is really important. Um, and lastly, I'll say is just, I'm just trying to leave a lot of space, Greg. Like, um, you know, Heather and I have a mantra right now. We're just kind of like, we'll see, you know, like, we'll see what happens. Yeah. 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 Like, we <laughs> can't control any of this stuff. So like, mm. we'll see, just leave a little space, you know? Um, and, and that's, that's been good. Um, jamming out in our garage and working out together has been fun too. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's so many good things there. Yeah. I, um, I need, I need to hear, we'll see because I'm a one on the Enneagram and let me tell you, I have I had the next like five months planned out to a T <laughs> and like I'm a planner and this that is probably the hardest part of all of this is just all the things I've had to cancel or all the things I prepared that I'm just like, oh, like th this is just like sand 
passing through my hands right now. Like, it's just gone. And, um, yeah, we'll see. It's a nice... It's making me laugh just hearing, like, hearing you say it and then even trying to say it myself. <laughs> I'm just, like, <laughs> laughing because I'm like, yeah, we'll see. But, like, I just can't. Like, I'm, I'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> but it, yeah. that's the struggle for me. Yeah. Um, there was... Um, I want to... I do want to move on and be mindful of our time, but I, I, there was a line you just said that I really want to dig into a little bit because um, I think it might be helpful for people right now to hear this, but um, you said that, that it's important to convert your loneliness into solitude. What does that mean for you? That means rereading Henry Nouwen's book, Reaching Out, and because it's all about that. That's one of his okay. movements. Um, he talks about uh, moving from loneliness to solitude. And um, for me, though, Greg, it means that uh, some of the narratives I've experienced around loneliness are things like, I'm alone in this world. Nobody cares about me. Um, I have to go at it all by myself. I need to solve X, Y, and Z um, on my own, right? Mm -hmm. I don't belong anywhere. I can't find my home place or a community that I feel like knows me. So therefore, mm -hmm. I'm lonely. And part of, I think, what is happening right now is that each and every one of us knows the experience of loneliness. We know that feeling. Um, we know that we can be in a room full of people, not six feet apart, right? Like a full-fledged party mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. feel incredibly alone. Yeah. So loneliness has always been there. Um, it'll always be there. Um, and right now it's just this, uh, it's all coming to surface at the same time. And I think we're actually now talking about the thing we didn't ever really want to talk about, mm. um, which is isolation and distancing and loneliness. Um, mm. And so how to convert that or transform that from those narratives that I just said um, is to change the narrative, right? Mm -hmm. um, I am an individual in the world that is unique and beautiful and diverse. Um, I won't expect anyone to fully ever understand me. Um, and yet, I can belong in a community. I can be known in part and loved as fully as possible. But at the level of the soul and spiritually, uh, when you make the jump from loneliness to solitude, it's really an acceptance of your own belovedness and also faith that the presence of God um, is, is actually truly with you. Mm. Um, that it is within you, it is around you, and it is through you. Um, so even when you feel maybe estranged in human form from other, other things here, that there is always a, a presence which is, is completely loving and is completely pure that is, is for you and that is with you. Um, and then that actually changes everything, right? Mm. So it's the belovedness piece. Um, it's the narratives that we are telling ourselves. And then it's, it's faith that, uh, that the presence of love that some of us call God or the divine um, is, is truly it's truly here, right? Um, so you're never alone. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so. It's good to hear. Yeah. That, that, that reminder again. Yeah, and, and for me, what's, what's so beautiful about 
if if we really trust that the presence of God is with us and, and our loneliness can move into solitude, um, is that you and I share a deep love of the Eucharist, right? Which there's grief right now that we can't break bread together. Hmm. Um, but can then the grace of what's happening in the breaking of the bread transcend the space and time of the actual Sunday morning moment so that right now in the midst of this pandemic, we might be able to remember that not only is God's real presence with us, but as we each eat our food around our tables, that there's some sort of mysterious action in that breaking of, of bread and food that mm. is reminding us of our deep connection to one another and, and to God as well. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, taking something that's ritual, like our grace and reminding ourselves right now that even as we break bread at dinner, we were, we consider all those that we can't be with right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's been. What, um, for, I asked for your help this week on, um, a, a little resource guide that I was putting together on, um, helping queer folks, especially right now, like ourselves, um, find resources for this moment that we're in, especially for folks that might be going home to places that are non-affirming, um, mm -hmm. going, you know, I, I think particularly of like Vanderbilt's campus, just a mile from my apartment, they just sent everyone home a couple weeks ago and, um, all these undergrads who are just home with their families who are exploring who they are on campus and now, and now they're home and they're having to mm. be their high school self again <laughs> for a really yeah. long time. And especially for folks who have come out or have had questions about their sexuality. Now they're bringing those questions home and it's mm. awkward and messy. Um, what, um, what, what thoughts, what, what, um, what advice do you have for those folks right now where their situation has changed um, like mm -hmm. that. Well, first of all, Greg, you're um, just the best. And even thinking um, ahead enough to, to, to respond with a resource guide. You know, we were talking earlier about how to share gifts, right? And sharing gifts from the place of... of of nourishment for our own souls, right? And our own deep longing and need, mm -hmm. as well as meeting a real need of, of the communities around us. Um, and I hear, I hear that in, in this resource guide and the creation of it and the curation of it. Um, my, my advice, oh my gosh, I mean, take care of yourselves, you know, um, it's your story to tell. It's always your story to tell. Um, to, I think I wrote this on the, the resource guide, but to hide some sort of little note away if you need it that just has blessing after blessing of you are beautiful, you are enough, um, this too shall pass. And um, there is a community of care and love um, that you may not even know about yet that that cares about you and needs you alive and vital and well and, and flourishing um, to write yourself that note and that love letter and to tuck it away and to read it um, as often as you need to read it to remind yourself of what is true. Um, because of the gift of on 
online stuff and technology um, to find sources and to find narratives of, of other LGBTQ plus folks who um, are cheering you on and want to champion you. Um, that, you know, there are resources of some of which you're curating that um, you're not alone, you know, you're not alone. So um, my advice, goodness, just take care of yourselves. Um, and just remember, it's your story. It's your story to tell. And um, there are a lot of people, there are a lot of people that love and care about you. Um, that was hard for my 16 year old self to believe. Um, but I know there's, that's true now. So. Yeah. That's, you know, that's even something I've had to remind myself of, um, just in the last like few days is that, you know, in this time where we're just like texting each other and we're not seeing other faces, mm-hmm. it's so hard to understand the tone of what someone is con- to, is trying to convey. It's hard to understand the care that we really have for each other. And that's, that's become a mantra for me is that like, I am loved and all these people in my life, they do care about me. And it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's not as desolate as I, as I think, but like, no, we can't physically gather, but all of these people are, are still, we're all still thinking about each other and praying for each other. And, um, yeah, this has just been one of those times where I feel like, oh, that's what prayer is for. Like, that makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> yeah. you know, sometimes we just say, oh, thoughts and prayers. And, like, now I really am like, yeah, I, I, I see friends reaching out and I'm reaching out to other people. And I'm like, that is a divine moment that we're, that we're taking the time to think outside of this physical space we're in right now about other people. And, mm-hmm. um, and, to just, and so it's important, yeah, to remind ourselves, yeah, I'm cared for. Always. Yeah, the uh, the shaping of our narratives really matter. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I think that the shaping of our narrative day to day right now as we live through this pandemic really matters also. Um, mm. I read this amazing reflection by Nadia Boltz Weber, who is just a badass rock star leader. Yeah. Um, she's one of my favorites. And Basically, she's like, yeah, like, fear is real. I mean, this, it stinks, right? Like, it's scary. Um, the things that we're afraid of, like, will still be there. Um, and that it's not courage that conquers fear, you know, or, or sort of mitigates it. It's love. Mm-hmm. And, and so allowing love and loving response to shape, she said, the contours of our heart which are our narratives, right? Mm. Letting love shape our narratives um, rather than than the fear. Fear is there to stop us from driving off the cliff, right? Like fear is there. The ego needs fear to protect us. It's like, hey, watch out. This is scary. This could end your life. And if, if fear is a driver of the narratives, we will just continue to pass on narratives of fear and anxiety. And so how do we, as people of faith and people who are, who are, have souls and are spiritual say, yes, we acknowledge the fear. We see it. We understand why we are afraid. And how about this narrative be shaped by love? Yeah. Right. That's so good. That's so good. I'm seeing Zach comment that'll preach. And I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Zach. That is great. 
Um, oh, this has been uh, just a wonderful time. Uh, before we wrap, is there anything else that you would um, like to say to, uh, to folks watching right now? Oh man, I love y'all. Um, you know, just watching everyone's uh, faces pop up. Um, I love y'all, Greg, I love <laughs> you. You know, keep taking care of yourselves. Um, you know, there's a quote that I have up on my wall um, from Mary Oliver and she said, there's just one question, how to love the world. And, and so I leave us with that of, of as we navigate this pandemic, um, how do we love the world? You know, each morning that we are waking up, how do we love ourselves? And, and therefore, how do we love, love God, right? Um, you know, and be gentle and be tender with yourselves. Um, I know that we are all trying to do our best right now. So, yeah. and I hope I hope and pray for peace for all of us. Amen. <sighs> Thank you. Love you, um, great. I've got a few, we've got a few announcements here before we close. Oh, so hang yeah. on just a second. Um, you are hosting a night prayer in like just a few minutes. How, um, can you tell us just a little bit about that again? And then what, um, how people can get on to that night prayer? Sure. Um, so it's a night prayer. It's essentially it's a vigil space. Um, it's not associated with any particular denomination. Um, it's it's contemplative, and we uh, open together. We do a check in, sort of fun question. Heather asks the question, so I never know what it's going to be, which is great. Awesome. Um, we <laughs> breathe together and uh, ground ourselves through breathing together, and then we hear a psalm and we do a little. Lectio, silent reflection with the psalm, and then we pray together. And I offer a benediction, usually some sort of poem, prayer, blessing of sorts I've found. And uh, then we go our way. It's about 20 minutes. And if you want to join, uh, message me through Instagram right after this, and I will send you the Zoom meeting ID number. Nice. Awesome. Um Kelsey has also helped out with a uh, a list of resources for what we were just talking about a few seconds ago about um, queer folks going home to unaffirming households or just really, I mean, this is a list of resources that are good for, for a lot of people, but specifically um, for folks um, in that position right now. And, um, and so we, um, I just posted that blog post up on um, the website. So if you go to outloudstories.com and you hit the blog page, um, that will pop right up. And um, Kelsey's got some stuff and we're gonna keep adding things that we get from other um, wonderful people um, that I've reached out to. And the last thing I just wanna say is uh, Out Loud is coming back in April. We've got new episodes. Uh, we don't have a launch date yet because COVID-19 just screwed up some stuff, um, but it'll be back soon. Um, and I can't wait to share those stories with you guys. Um, so, so stay tuned and thank you um, thank you, Kelsey, for being on this little experiment with us tonight, this little project that I'm doing. And, um, and thank you to all of you that have been uh, watching on and off. Um, and uh, if you want to go back and watch any of this, this will be hopefully on the IGTV like page of the Outloud profiles. So you can go back and watch this again. That's all for now. Peace be with all of you. Peace mm. be with you, Kelsey. Thank you for all that you're doing. And also with you, Greg. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.